we have two core values at Gooder, fun and authenticity. And you may be asking yourself, what the fuck does that mean? I would be. Most of the time when I hear about a brand's values or principles, I think of a poster that has a bald eagle that says freedom on the wall. Because there can be a lot of bullshit wrapped up in the word values or principles and not a lot of clarity. That's why at Gooder, we decided to make multiple supporting and slippery behaviors that speak to each of our values so that we know how to act and we know when we're on track and when we're off track. For example, for fun, one of the pillars is inclusion. Being inclusive is really fun. We are at our best at Gooder when we are including everyone from our staff to our customers, everyone that we come in contact with. A supporting behavior for fun is using models that look like normal people and a slippery behavior is using typical fitness models. One of the pillars for authenticity is trust and gratitude. Authenticity breeds trust. We do amazing things at Gooder and they're never done by just one person. So our ability to trust each other and express gratitude is paramount. Feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. A supporting behavior for authenticity is using the word we and a slippery behavior is using the word I. Last count, we had over 60 examples of supporting behaviors for our values with a matching slippery behavior for each. We're continuously adding to these and sharing them out with the team. This has been hugely beneficial and has taken us a lot of time and energy to create. So let's talk about it. This is Culture Gooder with Stephen Leese and Sean Tinney. Now let's take a look behind the shades. Get it? Because we're a sunglasses brand. <laughs> Never mind. Here's the show. So we've talked about how company culture always demands a mission statement, vision statement, values, and that kind of thing. And it always ends up feeling like bullshit. Gooder's values are fun and authenticity. How did you select those? And what did that process look like? So we'll talk a lot in this podcast about Dare to Lead. And next week, we're actually going to do a whole thing on Dare to Lead. So I'll not talk about it a ton. But it came from the book Dare to Lead. Fun was easy. We started Gooder because we thought that there was not a brand out there in the run space that represented fun. And so from the beginning, there was no question fun was going to be one of our core values. That was written in stone. And when we met as a leadership team, and Carrie and Ben were there, my two co-founders, and we started talking about what was our second value. And originally, I wanted to be ownership. And Ben and Carrie were the ones that were like, I think this, this needs to be authenticity, which in hindsight is insane that it wasn't my idea because one of my core values is authenticity. Mm-hmm. And just when Ben and Carrie walked it through, it was, hey, like all we are about is being ourselves and being unique. That is where we are at our core. And so it came from an offsite and it came from my two co-founders smacking me in the face. <laughs> That's awesome. How far into Gooder do you arrive at these values? Was it like a year or two in or when did you come up with it? So it was late 2018. So it's three and a half years in. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it would have been possible to find values earlier at any point? It's a good question. We did have the value of fun from the beginning. We never labeled it that. And I would actually say we had the value of authenticity from the beginning. We just didn't label that. But to your point, I think you need to be established, have a group, have things to talk to so if you're starting coming from scratch i think you could identify two values but just be open that they might change right when did we come up with our i guess we could call it a mission statement well what is it and then when did we come up with it 
Yeah, originally our mission statement was we're recklessly committed to fun, blah, 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 sunglasses. And that's actually a mantra for fun now. And earlier this year, we met as a group and really peeled back, like, what are we about? Like, why do we exist as a brand? And what we came up with is, you know, a gooder we exist to give you the permission to be unabashedly yourself unless you're an asshole. And that is who we are and why we exist. And fun and authenticity are the two values that we hold most dear that all of our actions and behaviors speak to. All right. So that's the mantra for fun. What is the mantra for authenticity? Oh, if the goal is being authentic and people don't like you, it's okay. If the goal is being liked and people don't like you, you're fucked. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. We don't need to be liked, but we have to be ourselves. Yeah. I know that took a while to get to that exact phrasing and everything. What was it like to even head off in that direction? Like, how did you come up with that? Well, it's funny. The recklessly committed to fun, blah, 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 sunglasses... Carrie, Ben, myself, and Mike, who wasn't an official co-founder but was there from the beginning, pulled them aside sometime in 18 and set up kind of an offsite, really unofficial, and wanted to, like, to create our mission statement. Like, hey, what are we about? And that's when we created, we're recklessly committed to fun, blah, 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 sunglasses, just because we felt like it represented us as a brand, the fun aspect. And then... As we kind of got into this, we realized that's not really why we are here. And getting at it, we came up with, when you you kind of look at fun and authenticity, this idea of giving people the permission to be themselves has always showed up. We get fan mail constantly. I mean, constantly. On our Slack thread, you see what our customers write in with, and they all write in our voice, and they do these amazing things and our flamboyance. And we realized, I realized definitely early on, what we do is we give people the permission to be themselves. And for $25, we put like a smile on someone's face. We empower them to be unique. And that's really where that came from. And that was at the forefront when we created our actual statement. And then we added the unless you're an asshole (laughs) because that's who we are. And, And that makes us unique because saying we give you the permission to be unabashedly you would not be us. That would not be authentic. (laughs) To just leave it there. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of times it feels like when people go to market a product, the like with sunglasses, it's like if you have a face, you're a potential customer. But then our content and our voice definitely is going to turn some people away. And I think that that can be a good thing, right? Like the, the polarization effect is strong. So how do you think that's played out in creating our audience? You know, in a world with so much noise, how do you get remarked about? And you do that by doing irreverent, remarkable things. And from the very beginning, understood, my background's marketing, understood that to cut through, you have to be different. And if you're something to everyone, you're something to no one. And that's the reality is we really want to be really important to this subsect of people. And hopefully, and I, I think we'll bring people along, but that's okay. The people who don't get us, that's totally okay. And and they are also have the permission to be unabashedly themselves. And that does not require them to wear good or either. Right. Cool. So we've got a lot of different structures that we use to help bring this into reality for ourselves. There's four pillars for each of the values. Can you talk through the four pillars of fun? Yeah, for sure. So with all this, we adjust and we change and there's nuance. So 
for fun, I won't go super in depth because I could just talk through this the whole time. But for mm-hmm. for fun, we have being good. So quickly, that's really important because sometimes people mistake celebrating for fun, right? That's not what we talk about. Like being good is fun to us. And I've talked about this on this podcast before, but preparing and showing up and giving it your best, that's fun. The other pillar is inclusion. So we are best when we include everyone. I talked about this on the, the intro. The third is agency and ownership like it's really fun if you have control of your own life and a gooder we have a structure that's flatlined so we give people agency and ownership over their role and their lives and then the fourth is a reverency so how do we get remarked about and you see that in a lot of the outward facing things we do yeah so it turns out you tucked ownership in there eventually anyhow huh yeah oh totally i mean <laughs> I, I gotta slam my way in there right because <laughs> ownership it is really important it's just not a core value right So what are the four pillars of authenticity? For sure. So integrity is one and wrapped up in there is communication and just our ability to stand for something and individuals ability to stand for something. Gratitude and trust. So I talked about this during the intro as well. You know, we do these amazing things and we do them. Not one person ever does them. Daring greatly, which is directly from dare to lead, but our ability to lean into fear and to do big, bold things and and do things that are important to us and and that speak to our authenticity and then self-care. Self-care is a huge one because a lot of companies probably would never say that because they just want to work you to the Mm -hmm. bone. But the reality is we put this here as a pillar for a very particular reason. Now we have to live up to it. Right. And that's the reason. And it's probably one of the harder ones for someone with a, I don't know, number mindset to wrap their mind around. Ah, feels like a soft skill or a, something that seems like it would be good to have in the background, but not something that we're all committed to as a team actually in reality. Yeah, I, I could imagine me pitching this to somebody else, uh, you know, another owner of a company and them saying, well, how does this affect our bottom line? My answer being that you don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) So what would it take for someone to get it? Like, how would that conversation go? Let's just have it on behalf of everybody who thinks that way. All right. So you want to game this out? Yeah. All right. So uh, you be the person who doesn't get it. All right. Just be like, uh, how does it affect my bottom line or whatever you would say? All right, cool. So values. Yeah, that sounds great. But how's that going to affect my bottom line? So whether you want to own this or not, your company has values. And so you can either decide to create them and lean into them, or you can let them be created themselves. And if they're created themselves, the values are probably things that you are not going to want. And that is very, very real, right? I've been at companies where a value would be shut up and do what you're told. And that's (laughs) a lot of organizations. So all right, cool. Like that's your value. Do you think you're getting the best out of your people? Then I'd go to numbers. Like, what is your revenue per employee? You know, let, let's talk about this. Are you mm-hmm. optimizing what people are getting? Like, do people actually care here? Or you just keep paying people more and more because you know they'll leave? And right. that's the reality of it is at the surface, you think that it doesn't affect your bottom line, but it's actually probably the biggest effect of your bottom line. Absolutely. So the uh, common office politics thing is like, cover your ass, right? For sure. The, even abbreviated as CYA, I've heard. So- That could be an inherent value that ultimately ends up breeding gossip, back-channeling, the meeting after the meeting, all of that. And it's just almost become assumed that that's the case. How could people combat that as a, we'll call it air quotes, value? They could 
create their own value. That, well, I mean, how we do it is we have trust and gratitude under authenticity, and we teach people the clearing exercise, so how to have tough conversations, and we don't tolerate gossip. And so anytime someone at Gooder, and we all do this, present company included, you start talking like, well, Sean's not doing this, this, and this. My response is, sounds like you need to have a conversation with Sean. Mm-hmm. And also labeling it like, hey, like, you know that's a slippery behavior. We don't handle gossip. And really our ability to label supporting slippery behaviors has become hugely beneficial. And it's actually done in a fun way. So, right, if somebody's gossiping and you're like, hey, like, that's a slippery behavior. You need to talk to this person. It's A, people understand it. They get it. And so they usually retract. And B, it's just way softer than it's grounded in reality. So people accept it way easier. Right. Yeah, for sure. Well, while we're on the topic of slippery and supportive behaviors, let's talk through what some of those are for fun and authenticity. Yeah, just uh, you want just like a smattering of different things? Yeah, just throw them at me. So for when I talk about fun is being good, part of being good is being really prepared. And at Gooder, a supporting behavior is like being prepared, writing a brief, making a deck, like having a detailed project plan. Allie, who's on our team, her and I, year before last, went and met with a huge retailer, and we sat on there and like, all right, here's the deck we want to make. We want to make, here's our lookbook of our, our brand, what it's about. Oh, Mike, can you go to this retailer, take photographs? Could we put our product in their store so they could see it? Let's mock up some ads for social media. Hey, let's look at their current color palette, so apparel company, apparel shoe company. Let's give them an assortment. So sat down with this huge company. And it went from us trying to pitch them within 30 seconds, legit, of them just like looking at like our presentation and what we're giving them to them being like, how soon can we get you in? <laughs> and we're walking out of there and Allie's like, are you, you just seem really cool right now. She's like, that's a really big deal. And I was like, it is a really big deal. And I fully expected that to happen because we showed up and we fucking gave it everything. And that's supporting, like that prepare and slippery is just winging it, not thinking about it, not doing a project plan, just showing up and thinking that you're going to like put a $20 bill in their hand, like some greasy guy at a club, right? So Mm -hmm. supporting is being prepared. Slippery behavior is winging it and not expecting to win. Right. So people showed to meetings, hey, I have this idea for a project. And if it's a brainstorm meeting, that's fine. But if you're trying to get this across, you better come correct. And so it's really big part of our culture. Yeah. The irreverency, so our content, that speaks for itself, right? You see our content, it is irreverent, it's remarked about. So creating unique content that's irreverent and remarkable is supporting. Uh, Watering down the brand is slippery. Also, we have a thing called Gooder Games. It's this amazing game series, like a beer mile, pina colada mile, whiskey mile. So that's a supporting behavior for irreverency. Slippery behavior is just doing like a typical 5K. Right. For authenticity and having integrity, the clearing exercise, so teaching people how to have tough conversations with each other. We'll talk about this in detail later on in the season. So supporting behavior is having a tough conversation. A slippery behavior is gossiping and complaining. For self-care, a supporting behavior is taking vacation. A slippery behavior is working 12 days in a row, Mm -hmm. right? Like whenever you travel for work and sometimes a lot of events, you end up on a Saturday and a Sunday. And when that happens the team who runs the event has to give a list of, all right, these are the two days people are taking off either the week before or the week after so they don't have to work 12 days in a row. So like that's supporting. Let's see here. I'll get like one other one. Well, this is kind of trash now, but a supporting behavior is, you know, when we talk about connections, a big part of our brand. And like, it's really fun to be connected with people. And so we are a very virtual company normally. I mean, COVID, we're all virtual right now. But mm-hmm. so Tuesdays and Thursdays, 
you have to be in the office. So supporting behavior is showing up, creating connections on Tuesdays and Thursdays. A slippery behavior is complaining about coming in two days a week. Right. So yeah, so those are just a few and I can just go on the whole time about it. Oh, totally. And you said you were looking through something. What are you looking through to see what these behaviors are coming from? Yeah, so have a deck, good or values. That is, I don't know, let's see here. I can tell you how many slides because I've, well, it's 84 slides. And so basically have fun and the four pillars and then supporting slippery behaviors for each and then authenticity, same thing. Yeah. And then add to it continuously. And every Tuesday at our staff meeting, I've started just picking one at random and talking through it so that message repeat. That's awesome. So this definitely plays into many areas of our company, but one I think is really important is giving feedback. Can you talk about how having these values and clear slippery and supportive behaviors has changed the way that we give feedback to each other? Yeah. One of the hardest things is not feeding into and allowing gossip and back channeling. Mm -hmm. And really what that relates to is our ability to give clear and consistent feedback. That's directly what that is. And so whenever things arise, usually as a brand, and my guess is this is for all organizations, people don't know where they stand. They're not able to look someone in the eye and be like, hey, you did an amazing job. I want to see more of that. Or, hey, that's unacceptable. Like that is not how we operate here. Moving forward, I need you to do X. And Mm -hmm. if you're not telling people when they're supporting and slipping, how do they know? Because this deck is great and it's important and we do it. But if you're not calling people out and on both sides, like you need to be pumping them up way more than you're breaking them down. Mm -hmm. But that's really important. And so our ability to give clear and consistent feedback continuously at the core is the most important thing we can do to live into our values. Right. It seems like having that clarity to point to to say hey this is a thing that we're trying to live into and i'm seeing examples of you not doing that and you can also say here's what success looks like it's almost depersonalized right it's not their particular problem it's just an example of a slippery behavior in action and i called myself out on one this morning <laughs> you know i didn't send you the lightning round questions until like 6:45 in the morning i was like hey, this is uh, super slippery and kind of ironic that it's happening during this episode. (laughs) But the point isn't to, you said this immediately as we started talking, the point isn't to get rid of all slippery behaviors. It's just to bring them into our awareness so that we can do something different about them. For sure. The fool's gold is thinking you're going to eliminate all these behaviors. That will never happen. But when you would identify them, then you can step towards solving them and improving them. I mean, I know these better than anyone. I still do slippery behaviors probably daily. Yeah. And that's very real. On the flip side, what's been really amazing is when something's kind of amiss, I will like retract back and be like, huh, what's a supporting slippery behavior here? And think out why this is either way. And then that gets added in. Yeah. And right. And like it's a continuous add on and it's wonderful. But yeah, please don't think the goal is to get rid of slippery behaviors. You can reduce them, but they will always happen. Yeah. And increasing awareness actually seems to be the goal, right? It's not about For sure. removing them, but saying, oh yeah, there it is again, right? And the more yeah. you notice it, the better you can handle it. Yeah, and right. And it's like everything. A lot of things are easy. We know when we're slipping up kind of in life, but mm-hmm. a lot of things we actually don't, right? I think a lot of times at work, we think we are doing things great because that is our world. And you know, when you come into a new company, the expectations completely shift. And unless somebody is explaining to you the expectations and why, Mm -hmm. how are you supposed to know? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. That's such a great point. You can't even aspire to live into something that's not made clear. Yeah. Just random. 
you mentioned your own personal values. Can you share what those are and how those play into your personal life? For sure. Gooders came first and then decided to do my own. So my two core values are authenticity and showing up. So authenticity, we know that, but showing up, I believe 80% of everything is just showing up. And that's just really important to me in life. And so I have, I mean, it's super lame. Actually, I think it's really cool, but most people think it's lame. (laughs) I have supporting and slippery behaviors for myself for both of these in a go in depth or review them quarterly. But same thing, like, how do I know if I'm living into my values? I mean, I'll give you a perfect example of authenticity for me. When I go around and speak sometimes, I'm into like fashion and being myself. And I'll go to these events and, you know, kind of the entrepreneur uniform is, it kind of depends, but there's a lot of just like button up shirts or suits with no ties. And everybody looks really good. It's just not how I roll. And Mm -hmm. so when I go on stage and talk, I look like no one else. And we'll share a photograph of me on stage at Inc. because it's probably the clearest example. And I legit will sit there and be like, oh, you're going to wear this today, huh? And (laughs) the second I wear the entrepreneur uniform that I say, then that's the second I'm not living into my values of authenticity and being who I am. And so it's a real thing that I come back to all the time. Yeah. It seems like at first it was probably difficult to go against the grain, right? But then through practice, it becomes easier and then ultimately just feels right. For sure. And then also the the reality of Gooder is a successful brand. And so that that helps. <laughs> I'd be very disingenuous to not that really helps, right? That that, that really that really helps. <laughs> yeah. All right. So three years in, more or less, you guys came up with these values. Were you able to notice a shift from before and then after? And if so, what was it? Oh, good question. Definitely I haven't put enough thought into it to identify it. Didn't happen right away. You know, we've been messaged repeating this for two years mm-hmm. now, oh, not even a year and a half. Yeah. And so, yeah, there definitely is. I mean, I guess the big one I'll talk about is everybody at the company uses the word supporting and slippery and, and slippery way more. You know, this woman, Emily, runs this gold store program we have, and she put her slides too late into a presentation. And she was like saying about it on Slack. And I think she goes, I'm so sorry. That was so slippery. Me putting those in that deck five minutes beforehand. Uh-huh. And that to me, hearing that it closes my mind. Like that's not an issue. Like she realized that was slippery. Good for her. Like that is a hundred percent win. Right. And my guess is probably won't happen. Yeah. <laughs> and so I say, yeah, I mean, now you definitely see it. I mean, what's your experience? Is It feels like I hear people say supporting slippery all the time. Absolutely. I've heard the same thing. And that to me says that we've developed a common language, which is a shared strategy. So we can use this as a way to communicate with each other directly. And it totally changes the conversation. And I I have to say, it really does feel so much better to say, this is super slippery, or I really I know, it's a way of apologizing without being so apologetic that you're communicating to the other person that you just fucked up. It's more like, yeah, I blew it. And I know exactly what it takes to fix it. And please believe that I'm going to do that. For sure. Yeah. So what would you say to someone who thinks that values are bullshit, if they still think that at this point? Oh, uh, cool. Have fun. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you want to be part of the team of Gooder, you don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. You will get found out. It's a hard thing. If somebody wants me to convince them, I guess I would make a case. But I don't know. I try not to 
spend a lot of energy convincing people <laughs> yeah. of things they don't want to be convinced of. Maybe that's just authenticity in play there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or just laziness. Right? <laughs> Either one. <laughs> Either one. Either one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I could probably go on a long diatribe, but in the spirit of answering the question, it would be, I'd probably go down the path of, cool, so what's uh, what are some really top initiatives for you, your company? And then when they say them, go, what value does that speak to? Uh-huh. And just kind of see where that goes, because you do that enough times, I think people tend to get it like, okay, all right. But yeah, I, I would, if somebody was belligerently against it, I'd be like, cool. It's like people who, you know, think the earth's flat. Great. Like, I'm good. I don't have time <laughs> <Yeah>. for this. <laughs> right. Have fun trying to find the edge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's actually come up. What you just said made me think of the fact that we brought this into our hiring process so that it's not something you find out about at the end when you get hired. It's oh, yeah. It's a gate to even getting hired in the first place. Yeah, it is. I mean, you could speak more to it, but it's part of it. And on Onboarding Week, I do an intro talk. We bulk onboard. So the new class, I go through fun and authenticity for probably about an hour and you mm-hmm. can cite all these examples. And so right away, people understand it and they understand how important it is to the brand. Yeah. So what do you think the biggest challenges are? I'm just thinking of someone who's listening to this and going, yeah, that sounds right. I should probably try to do this. But if you could map out the challenges to rolling out values in a meaningful way, what would that look like? Ooh, well, start by reading Dare to Lead. Mm-hmm. Just start there because there's exercises in there to do it, to unpack it. Brene Brown and her team does it a thousand times better than I ever could. Mm-hmm. I would start there. But my advice would be, to be okay to pivot and realize that it's a practice. When we started doing it, what I really liked was our ability to put supporting and slippery behaviors to each one. Mm-hmm. And actually, my advice for anybody who has a problem with it is like, start, ignore the value. Just start thinking about the supporting and slippery behaviors that you want your team to do. And then once you get about 20, find the commonality because there is a commonality. And you can't do more than two because if you're due six, then nobody knows the fuck you're talking about. Right. But yeah, I mean, I would say it's a practice. Get a shitty first draft out and then reiterate on it and share it early and often. Don't be so precious with it. It's completely okay to roll this out in a clunky way because it's super clean now and we have this amazing deck, but it was not like that to begin with. Right. Well, what you just spoke to, Stephen, is great because it can be collaborative. You could include your whole team and say, write down all the slippery behaviors you see us doing as a company, and then all the supportive ones. What are the great things that people are doing that we could all aspire to do more of? And that's actually something that we've done within our own teams. Every flock has their own set of values. For sure. And then every person individually has their own set of values. So that's a way of understanding each other better and then communicating as our individual teams and then also living up to our values as a company. Yeah, and, and I think it's really important to match a supporting and slippery behavior with each other. That mm. is key because, one, you don't want to just be, this is slippery, this is slippery, this is slippery. That's shitty, and I don't know how people improve. <laughs> but when you say, hey, right. this is what supporting looks like, this is what slippery, and you always match them. I mean, in, in this, every supporting behavior has a matching slippery. And that's really important because when people slip, they know how to get back on. And, and yeah, and to your point about the teams, right? So we have 12 different flocks at Gooder. Every flock has their own two values with supporting slippery behaviors because fun authenticity is the brand. But what's important to content is not what's important to finance. And like that's mm-hmm. really important to decentralize that, empower teams, and then empower individuals. 
right? So if you could start from scratch, knowing what you know now, would you do anything differently? Oh, I mean, the, the sharing at the weekly meeting just started, I don't know, a month or two ago. I would have started doing that mm-hmm. from the very beginning. Yep. That's one thing I would have done differently is just start it from the very beginning because it reiterate it. It goes back to the common language you talk about. We know this is important. So yeah, I would have done that instead of just doing it kind of like quarterly and mm-hmm. not make it part of the, the weekly part of the brand. Yeah. Ironically, I hear you say message repeat a yeah. lot, which is a message repeat of itself. But the thing you just spoke to is the more often we talk about it, the more often it is true for us in our actual relationships. So bringing it into the conversation earlier and more often is, seems like a pretty important key. Yeah, it does. And it also just it helps you to understand the brand. I mean, we also everybody has their individual values. And this is kind of the next iteration that I want us to do is really having everybody identify their individual values and then share them out with the company, like what they are, why they chose those, give an example of supporting the slippery so that we can relate to each other more. Like, Sean, what are your core values? So mine are harmony and practice. Just to give a highlight for practice, you know, anytime somebody tries something new and then isn't good at it right away, they often get frustrated. And practice says you should only be as good at something as you've put in time intentionally practicing that thing. So if you're just starting something new, you should expect to suck. And then work hard through a series of, you know, learning and making mistakes to get better. And that actually goes nicely with the value of harmony, which is that my expectations are in alignment with reality. So I'm going to experience harmony more often. How often do you talk about them? I'm just kind of curious. That's a great question. In every single Dare to Lead group that I <laughs> run. <laughs> For sure. Yep. Yep. I would say probably in maybe one conversation a week with friends and at least one at work. Yeah. Authenticity comes up quite often. I think people just get that from me, but showing up, I'll bring up quite often, especially because for me, you know, you don't have to come to my party, but if you tell me you're going to be there, you better be there. Right. And so when the LA no, which is just maybe gets under my skin, like I will definitely call people out. I'm like, Hey, just tell me no. Like, uh-huh. It's fine. Just tell me no. Like, like I'm not upset that you're not here. I'm upset that you said you were going to show up and you didn't. That's perfect. Yeah. For me, I hear that through my value of harmony as when I do the, I call it the flaky yes, you got yeah. the LA no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I just don't want to disappoint you right now by saying no. And then I yes. know that I'm going to make us both feel weird later when I flake out. I don't want to feel like a flake. You get pissed that I wasn't true to my word. And so for the sake of harmony, it's better to just have that conflict in the moment of go, man, that sounds like a lot of fun, but I'm not going to be there. Yeah, for sure. And I I hold myself accountable the same way of tell this person no, or you're going to that party, you better show up and bring it. Right. Because you know it's important to you, so you can't stand on the sidelines. You also got to bring it. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we covered quite a bit there, but you ready for the lightning round? Let's do it. All right. So what's the most common slippery behavior you see? Probably people not being prepared. We expect a lot out of people and the level of prepared I don't think most people understand what it's like at Gooder. So that's definitely probably the top. (laughs) Quite where the bar is. Yeah, where the bar is. Got it. Okay, what about the most common supportive behaviors? I mean, right now, what jumped to mind was inclusion, just because in kind of the world we've been going through and we're doing a lot of content right now, Carrie, Lose a Content Team, has always been really amazing about including every type of person 
in our shoots and team and everything. So inclusion, I think, is being represented really well right now. Nice. What about your favorite example of a project that supports a value? There are too many to count, but so here's a project. A couple years ago, Teresa, who also edits this podcast, she wanted to do this thing called March Mayhem, where basically in March, do a bracket system of the different names of our sunglasses voted against each other, pitched this idea, you know, legit deck, greenlit it, and then made it happen over the next two months. Mm -hmm. And really this idea of, we talk about this all the time, but she was like super, super prepared. But the other was supporting behavior for us in the being good is making cool shit and slippery is saying we should. Mm -hmm. And she didn't say, oh, we should do this. She said, I want us to do this. Here's how, and then made it happen. And that is a wonderful example And I always cite it because I think she was pretty early to the team when it happened, and it just always really has stuck with me. Yeah, that's great. And it's become a consistent, long-running thing at this point. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's really fun. All right, so what do you think the hardest thing is about living into our values? (laughs) Well, since for me, since I know them, recognizing when you're just being slippery as fuck all the time. Mm -hmm. So yeah. (laughs) Right, just seeing it, just getting hit in the face with it. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, I think that's it. I think... It's not hard anymore, but yeah, knowing when you're slippery, because we all know when we're slippery. That's just, <laughs> yeah. just hard. It's just awkward. <laughs> yeah. You think you'd ever change either one of Gooder's values? Ooh, it's a good question. Probably not, but I said probably, so who right. knows? <laughs> Given your chance to pivot if you need to? Yeah. And you think every company would benefit from clarifying their values? For sure. Only if leadership is bought in, though. If not, don't waste your time. That's great. All right time for circle bar what is one thing that you want to answer again or didn't get to bring up today the only thing that comes to mind was we're talking at the very beginning about why we exist to give people the permission to be unabashedly themselves it's really really important and you kind of talked about how sometimes people don't like us as a brand of who we are and that is like really really okay too i'll get asked all the time Q and A's of like, oh, why is good or better than Oakley? And my response is, oh, we're not. Like Oakley makes an amazing product. And if you mm-hmm. like how that looks and that's who you are, you should buy Oakley. And I just think that's just really important for people to understand is we don't need to be everything to everyone. Yeah, exactly. All right. So what's your advice for someone who wants to follow a similar path? So if you're into this, take the time to do it right. Remember it's a practice. You're going to fall off and get back on and it's okay to pivot. And I mean, the real next action is read Dare to Lead because it goes through there in pretty amazing detail. Right. She's got the list, the process, it's all there. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, Stephen. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Be sure to join us next time. We're going to be covering Clear as Kind and other lessons from Dare to Lead. Until then, be excellent to each other. Thank you so much for listening. Send us your questions, learn more, and find episode resources at gooder.com slash culture. If you enjoyed yourself today, we would be so grateful if you could please leave us your star rating and review. That minute and a half of your time, it really does help people find us. And don't forget to share us on your stories, tell your friends, tell your parents, tell your dog, or maybe your dog isn't into this kind of thing, and that's fine too. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Culture Gooder and Steven at Steven Lease. That's Steven with a PH because those V people are not trustworthy. Culture Gooder is produced by our in-house Gooder team. The show is co-hosted and written by Sean Tinney and Steven Lease. 
Maya Morales does PR and promotion. Shelby Farrell handles all things digital. Emily Barber manages social. Teresa Garcia is our supervising editor. And the editor of this episode can be found on the blog. That sweet tune you're hearing right now was created by Mike Eddy of Cucumber Fuzz, recording by Barrett Bowman, and this voice you're listening to is Carrie Blunt. Many thanks to the entire team at Gooder, really, without whom there obviously would be nothing to podcast about. At Gooder, we exist to give you the permission to be unabashedly yourself, unless you're an asshole. So don't be. Until next time.